The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, the draft is just a couple of weeks away, April 23rd and April 24th. And today on the podcast, we are going to take a, a, a roundup of all the mock drafts that are out there throughout the internet community. Now, I didn't go to every single mock draft out there and tally up, tally all them up. And as a matter of fact, SB Nation is doing that for us. They're rounding up all of the mock drafts that are out there in the great wide world into a handy dandy little guide so we can all get a sense of what every team might do. So I'm going to go over what the experts think Washington is going to do, what the experts think New York is going to do, what the experts think Dallas is going to do, and of course, your Philadelphia Eagles, and talk about some of the the needs each of these teams have as they get ready for the draft, which is still set for April 23rd and April 24th. Now, we know mock drafts are largely, I don't know, garbage may be a bit harsh, but mock drafts are generally speaking not entirely reliable. They rarely go that way because mock drafts don't take into account, at least most of them don't take into account trades, but we'll get into a couple of trade possibilities, specifically with Washington, because they've been talked about a lot as a team that could move down off the number two pick. So we're going to get into all of that here on Eye on the Enemy here in this episode, and let's start off in the nation's capital with Washington. They do hold the number two overall pick in the draft, and they come into this draft needing a lot of help. That's why they have the number two pick in the draft. They were dreadful last year, and the rebuild is still going to take another couple of seasons for them. They need playmakers on offense desperately they desperately need playmakers on offense at what playmakers at wide receiver at tight end uh, i still don't think they have an elite running back but you don't really need those you need what you need at running back are guys you, you need a guy who can run the ball up the middle you need a speed guy you need a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield and that's what they're trying to get going but they have nothing at wide receiver with the exception of terry mclaurin they have nothing at tight end i mean they they have, I mean, the cupboard is absolutely bare at tight end. They need an elite pass rusher for sure. They also need offensive line depth. They have to find a replacement for, for Trent Williams, who is not going to play with the team next year. And they also need help at linebackers. So Washington has a lot of needs. And you can see with a team that has needs, that has this many needs, why they might be considering trading down because they could move down from number two to number five or number six and pick up an extra third round draft pick. It's it's a it's a very plausible move. They could even maybe even pick up a, a higher pick in next year's draft. 
because this is not going to be a, a one-year turn-it-around situation. This is a team that's going to need a couple years to, to stock the shelves with good, young, top top talent, and they don't have it right now. Looking at the SB Nation roundup of mock drafts, uh, what, what we have right now is with Washington sitting at number two, and we assume the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take quarterback Joe Burrow with the first pick. Washington is faced with an interesting situation. There are a lot of rumors going around going around D.C. that the team is not happy, or at least Ron Rivera is not convinced that Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback of the future. There And there are some whispers. It's possible Washington could use their first-round pick on another quarterback. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't. I mean, I'm not sold on Dwayne Haskins, but I don't see how you can use the number two overall pick on a quarterback again. They just went and got Dwayne Haskins in the first round last year. Now, that was under a different regime. And Ron Rivera isn't married to what they did before, so he might look at his number two pick, and, and if he doesn't believe that Dwayne Haskins is the is a, a franchise quarterback, he might decide to go quarterback with the number two overall pick. If he's not sure Dwayne Haskins is the guy, he he's not going to care what the team did last year. Now, some other people in the front office might, but I, I, don't, I don't think that's the direction Washington is going to go here, and most of the mock drafts agree with that assessment. An overwhelming majority of the mock drafts in the world, 87% as tallied by SB Nation, have Washington taking stud edge rusher Chase Young from Ohio State. And they need an edge rusher. As we mentioned a minute ago, they desperately need an elite pass rusher on the defensive side of the ball to put some heat on opposing quarterbacks. And Chase Young is undoubtedly the best defensive player in this draft. He's certainly the best edge rusher in this draft. He's the best guy to, he's the most dynamic pass rusher in this draft. You get Chase Young, you are probably drafting a perennial all-pro, Pro Bowl player for the next decade. Those guys don't come around very often, and they can be game changers. They can totally shut down another team's offense. If, if Washington goes and gets Chase Young, I'm going to be terrified for Carson Wentz every time they play. He's a guy you have to double team. More than likely, especially by year number two and year number three, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to chip him with tight ends, which is gonna which is gonna affect what a team like the Eagles can do with their 12 personnel. You're gonna have to use Ertz or Goddard to to chip on a guy like Chase Young, and that's why that pick makes a lot of sense. It's the no brainer pick. If Washington doesn't outsmart themselves, they go with Chase Young with the number two pick in the draft. However, seven percent of the mocks out there have Washington grabbing Tua with the number two overall pick in the draft. Of course, Tua Tugaviola of Alabama, the young left-handed quarterback who a lot of people think is going to be the second quarterback taken in this draft. There's some Justin Herbert rumors out there regarding the Dolphins, maybe liking him more than Tua, but it looks as though Tua would be the second quarterback taken. And, you know, 7% isn't much. That's, that's almost, it's almost inconsequential, especially when it looks overwhelmingly like Chase Young is going to be the guy, but there, there's apparently enough out there about Dwayne Haskins and the questions as to his future in, in Washington as to whether or not they're going to go that way. So it's not crazy to think that Washington would perhaps take Tua with the number two pick overall in the draft. Again, I don't think that's happening, and most of the mocks don't think that that's happening, but there is the chance. I mean, it's out there. It's, it's in the world. It's floating around. And the remaining 6% have Washington trading out of the number two spot. And I think that that's also a strong possibility. I, I think that's a stronger possibility than, than them using the number two pick to take Tua, perhaps so that a team can jump ahead of them, uh, ahead of the Dolphins, and get the quarterback 
that they want. And CBS Sports, I was uh, looking online yesterday, has proposed a couple of trades. Uh, just These are the kinds of deals I think you could be looking at uh, if Washington is going to trade down. Washington could move, say, from number two to number five, and so they would also pick up uh, the number 18 pick overall so that Miami can jump up and take Justin Herbert of Oregon. Uh, in that scenario, Washington then would take maybe an offensive tackle. Uh, you could get Tristan Wirfs of Iowa in, in that situation. Or, you know, they also suggested a trade with the Chargers at six, where the Redskins would move from two to six, and then they would get the Chargers 2021 first rounder as well, so that the Chargers could jump up and select Tua, and Washington would then drop down and maybe take um, a different kind of defensive player. They suggest linebacker Isaiah Simmons of Clemson. So the Redskins are in a position here where they, they really hold a lot of the keys to the early part of this draft. If they choose to move down and they let a team like the Chargers jump up, like Miami jump up so that they can, if, if there's some, if there's a quarterback that they specifically like that they know is going to be off the board by the time that they, but their pick rolls around, Washington can drop out of that number two spot, drop down to number five or number six, get themselves uh, another first round pick uh, either this year if a team has an extra one or a first round pick next year. Which again, this is a long process for Washington. If somebody's offering me for the number two overall selection, if you're if you're allowing me to move down three spots or four spots and I can pick up an extra first rounder this year or I can pick up an extra first rounder next year, I'm doing it. But that's a steep price to pay. But, you know, if you're the Chargers and you need your franchise quarterback and there's a guy you really like, that might be worth it to you to jump up. And we saw what the Eagles gave up to get Carson Wentz and it was worth it. But you got to really believe in that player in order in order to go ahead and do that. So those are those are Washington's options here. It certainly looks as though the most likely scenario, according to all the mock drafts out there, is that Washington is going to take Chase Young from Iowa State, line him up at the on the edge, and let him terrorize quarterbacks for the next decade. But if they're if they are really not sold on Dwayne Haskins, they could use that pick for two of themselves, or they could trade out of the number two spot, and they could go ahead and uh, draft another defensive player or get the get an offensive tackle to replace Trent Williams a little bit later in the draft. Um, or maybe, the, you know, hey, listen, we, we just mentioned a minute ago that Washington needs playmakers at wide receiver. Why wouldn't they trade down three or four spots and take CeeDee Lamb? Would that be crazy? It's probably not their most pressing need, but they need offensive playmakers. If you're going to go with Dwayne Haskins then maybe you need to give him more than, an, instead of an offensive tackle, maybe you need to give him playmakers. And if you give him C.D. Lamb, Dwayne Haskins probably gets a whole lot better in year number two. So some different possibilities that Washington can, can where Washington can go here with the second overall pick. They are in a sweet spot here in the draft to really set themselves up for the future either way, whether they keep it or whether they decide to trade it. Let's move on to the New York Giants. They have the number four overall pick in the draft. So two of the Eagles' rivals here are picking within the top five of the draft. So the early part of this draft is going to be very interesting from the Eagles' standpoint to see what the others in their, what these other two teams in their division are doing. And, and the Giants are a little bit further along in the rebuild because they know they have their quarterback. They know that in Daniel Jones, they have a guy that they can build around. I think he showed exactly the kind of progress you want to see from a rookie quarterback last year. As the season went along, you could see him developing. You could see his confidence growing, and you could see that he was getting better. He showed, I mean, it's exactly the arc that you want to see. It reminded me a lot of Donovan McNabb's rookie season when he came in and he started learning the offense and he started getting better. And in the last four or five weeks of the season, you could see what Donovan McNabb was going to be. You could see that he was going to be a productive 
Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Now, I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback, but you saw a guy who can put points on the board if he's got some talent around him. And so they know they have a quarterback. They don't have to worry about that with the number four pick. I think he looks like he's going to be a good one. They don't need to worry about a quarterback with the number four pick in the draft. So what are the Giants' needs? Well, they have a big need along the offensive line. This is a team that really should focus on getting an offensive tackle to protect Daniel Jones. They also need help at outside linebacker. They need help at wide receiver. They need help at cornerback, and they need help at safety. And these are all things that they're going to hope to fill throughout the course of the draft. But if we're looking at the first-round pick, they have a couple different options here at number four. Do they strengthen the defense, specifically the outside linebacker spot? There's There's a guy here who would be perfect for them at the number four if that's what they want to do. Or do they give their young quarterback that stud offensive lineman? I personally would go with the stud offensive lineman. And 43% of the mock drafts, according to SB Nation, have the Giants going that direction. Although there is a healthy split on who they would take. So 27.5% of the mocks have the Giants taking Iowa offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs. While 15.5%, a little bit less, have them going with Louisville offensive tackle Mekhi Becton. Now, both Wirfs and Becton are athletic offensive tackles. They're potential pro bowlers who could be on the left side of New York's offensive line protecting Jones's blind side for the next decade. New York has a little bit more at wide receiver than Washington does, which is why I don't think they go with a, with a, with a wide receiver, with a playmaker here. It's more important for them to get somebody on the offensive line to really seal the, seal the backside so Daniel Jones doesn't have to worry about edge rushers coming off that end, especially if Washington goes and gets Chase Young. Countering with an offensive tackle would be a smart move on the part of the Giants. Now, Again, 43% of the mock drafts have the Giants going offensive line here, although they are split between these two guys, Wirfs and Becton. The single player that is most mocked to the Giants at this spot is linebacker Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, with about one-third of the mocks predicting that New York will take him. And he's more than just a linebacker. We all know about Simmons and the incredible talent who is basically a, a hybrid athlete here. He can be a safety or an outside linebacker. He basically fills whatever need that you have depending on the formation or depending on whatever whatever formation the offense is coming up with or whatever whatever system the the, the defense wants to utilize. Uh, he he timed faster than Saquon Barkley in the 40. Tells you how fast he is. I mean, this is a this is a guy who can cover. He's probably the best pure athlete in the draft. He's a defensive playmaker. He would make the Giants defense immeasurably better having him on the outside as a linebacker or playing safety or doing any number of things. He's we, we talked a lot we talk a lot about Malcolm Jenkins as being kind of a, a hybrid safety linebacker, but this guy's different. I mean this 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 is a different cat altogether. He absolutely could go at number four overall and it would not be a bad move by the Giants in the slightest. Again, I'm probably going offensive tackle here at number four overall. Uh, again and the Giants could trade down if they wanted to, but I probably probably isn't going to happen. I imagine the Giants will stay put at number four and, and get the offensive tackle they want. But if they've got, if they're two offensive tackles, I mean, if you've got these three guys and they're all pretty even on your board, you can move down a spot or two, let another team jump in front of you and get the quarterback that they want. And maybe you pick up another second round pick or you pick up a first rounder next year, like we were talking about with Washington just a minute ago. But the Giants have a number of different needs. I mean, they're going to need to address wide receiver in this draft. If they go with the, if they go with the outside linebacker, if they, you know, if they go with Isaiah Simmons here in the first round, then they really need to focus on probably getting an offensive tackle on day two somewhere. 
Um, and then they need to they need to shore up the secondary. They they need to get a cornerback in safety. Again, Isaiah Simmons helps you at safety, helps you at outside linebacker. It almost helps you fill two positions at once, although he can't play both positions at once. But it gives them so much more flexibility on the defensive side of the ball if they go that direction. For my money, I'm going with the offensive tackle. I'm protecting my franchise quarterback, who I think is is on the ascension, and I want that guy on the left side of my offensive line for the next, again, for the next decade battling against Chase Young. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what the Cowboys might be doing uh, with their first round pick, and then we'll get into some Eagles stuff too as far as the SB Nation mock draft community is concerned. That's up next here on Eye on the Enemy. And we're back on Eye on the Enemy. So let's jump into what the Dallas Cowboys might do here in the first round with the number 17 overall pick. And again, SB Nation has gone and they've taken all of the mock drafts in the internet. And as they come in, they're continuing to to put together some percentages of what the mock drafts have the different teams in our division doing. And really all of the teams in the NFL. Uh, so if you're a fan of another team, go to the SB Nation NFL page and, and you'll see the the mock draft roundup there. What Dallas needs here, Dallas has a lot of talent on the team, but they've lost a lot of talent this offseason. So what they need is they need a pass rusher. They still have not replaced Robert Quinn, so they, they need to get somebody who can rush the passer. They need to get a cornerback with Byron Jones having left. They lost Randall, lost Randall Cobb, so they need a new slot receiver. They also need help at safety. They, they could use some help at offensive tackle, and they need a backup quarterback to Dak Prescott. So at 17, the Cowboys are basically going to take the guy highest on their board, regardless of position, I think. Now, that being said, they, they're going to have a lot of options. They don't have as many areas of extreme need. Most of the mocks that, that are on that, that are out there, according to SB Nation, have them going defense with their first-round pick at number 17. So 31% of the mocks say that Jerry Jones will pick LSU edge rusher Kalevon Chason uh, to be their, their first-round pick, and be hard to argue with that pick. He's the second best edge rusher in the draft, according to most draft, draft experts. And if you can get him at 17, that's a great spot. Uh, he can play either 3-4 as an outside linebacker or on the edge in a 4-3. So uh, whatever your defensive alignment, he's going to come off the edge and he's going to rush the rush the quarterback. And that would be your Robert Quinn replacement. That that'd be the guy uh, that would uh, that would keep defensive or offensive coordinators up nights trying to think about how to how to protect your quarterback uh, from this guy. Chason was a fantastic edge rusher for LSU. He was a 2019 first team All SEC guy. So I mean, this is a guy with a ton of talent. If the Cowboys got him, it would be a solid pick for them. 21 and a half percent of the mocks say they're going to go with a cornerback, C.J. Henderson of Florida. Now, this is a guy who has been mocked to the Eagles in a number of different drafts if the board falls a certain way and, and the, the wide receiver that they want isn't there at 21. Uh, Henderson probably is the second-best cornerback in the draft after Ohio State's Jeff Okuda. Uh, he's got good size. He can cover the bigger receivers. He's, he's got quickness. He's, he's, he's got some good speed. He should be solid on deep roots. So he's a guy that you can line up on the outside against good wide receivers. And again, with a lot of these rookies, maybe not in year one because we don't know what the offseason is going to look like here. But long term, here's a guy in C.J. Henderson who if the Cowboys drafted him uh, at number 17 overall, you're looking at a solid pick there as well. Another guy that is mocked to them who is in 7% of the mocks that are out there, according to SB Nation, is Alabama safety Xavier McKinney. Again, another guy that has also fallen to the Eagles in certain mock drafts uh, at number 21. Good tackler, can play lots of different formations. Uh, he would have a good chance at moving into the starting lineup opposite Xavier Woods. So you'd have two Xaviers uh, in <laughs> at safety, which uh, would be um, it's interesting to me, I guess, but I'm a name guy. Um, but uh, the Cowboys here looking to go defense, it sounds like, uh, with the number 17 overall pick. 
We know Jerry Jones loves to make splash picks, but he's been pretty disciplined in recent years with going out and getting guys uh, in the trenches and, and making making some some savvy first-round selections. And so uh, Caleb on Chason would be a tremendous pick with them at number 17, as would C.J. Henderson or Xavier McKinney. All of those guys would fit needs that the Cowboys have uh, in their uh, in their defense, whether it's on the whether it's on the line or in the secondary. And now we move to the Philadelphia Eagles with the number 21 overall pick. And the overwhelming consensus is that they're going to take LSU wide receiver Justin Jefferson. 45% of the mocks have the Eagles going in that direction. Uh, The NFL Network's Mike Garofolo, friend of the podcast, talked about how almost universal it seems is that the Eagles are going to go with Jefferson with their first round pick. He, he talked about it on, on the NFL Network uh, earlier this week. And I don't know, Ian, if I've ever seen uh, a year where so many mock drafts have tied one team so late in the first round to one player as I've seen with the Philadelphia Eagles at 21 and Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver out of LSU. I mean, it's like 90% of the mocks have them taking him, even if it's trading up from 21, which by the way, they might have to do because everybody else around the league is seeing what we're seeing in these mock drafts about the Eagles needing a receiver and having Jefferson as that next guy off the board at 21. So so watch out for teams behind him because somebody told me the window for him is 15 to 25, but 22, 23, 24, and 25 – they're looking at the Eagles at 21 saying, hey, we may have to jump them if they're going to get Jefferson, who just had a, a remarkable production. 111 catches, 18 touchdowns last season. You know, some people say maybe he's more effective out of the slot. You don't see those guys go uh, as highly as possible. But he is a productive guy and a lot of confidence that that's going to translate to the next level. Now, of course, here you have if you have a scenario where the Eagles need to move up to get Justin Jefferson, I'm a little less thrilled about that because, look, here's the thing with Justin Jefferson. A lot of people talk about uh, the fact that he might just be a slot receiver, that he probably can't play uh, on the outside exclusively. And, you know, the Eagles got good production out of Greg Ward in the slot last year. They they really are hurting for talent on the off- on the outside. But what this team needs is a gosh darn playmaker. They need a playmaker at wide receiver. And I don't care whether it's on the outside. I don't care whether it's in the slot. This team needs a guy who can catch the ball, run with the ball, score touchdowns, make def- give opposing defensive coordinators nightmares thinking about how they're going to cover this guy. The Eagles don't have a wide receiver who is like that right now. We'll see about Deshaun Jackson. We'll see if he comes back and he's he's the kind of guy we saw in week one against Washington last year. I'm not convinced yet. I'm not convinced how much he's going to play next year. If you get Justin Jefferson, you get yourself a playmaker. You get a guy who can make plays at wide receiver. That is something Carson Wentz desperately needs. There have been a lot of rumors about the, the Eagles moving up to try and draft CeeDee Lamb. I don't see that happening. It would be amazing, but it feels incredibly unrealistic. Same thing with Jerry Judy, and it sounds like Henry Ruggs is going to be long gone by the time the Eagles get there. According to the mocks that that SB Nation has has looked at, C.D. Lamb is off the board by the time the Broncos pick at 15, and he's probably off the board as early as the Jets at number 11. Judy is gone as early as the Jets at 11 and most widely mocked to the 49ers at number 13, so he's probably not going past 13. And Henry Ruggs also doesn't make it past 15 with the Broncos and most of these mocks as well. So you probably have in some combination of the Broncos, Jets, and 49ers taking these three wide receivers, and, and maybe somebody else. Again, maybe Washington trades down and grabs one of these wide receivers at number 5 or number 6 or something like that. It's going to be really hard for Howie Roseman to move up from 21 to 15. They just don't have the draft capital to do that. And unless there's a player on the team that uh, some one of these teams really, really likes and would take in a draft, I don't see it. 
if the Eagles are going to move up, it's to move up two or three picks maybe to jump up and and try and grab somebody like Justin uh, Jefferson. And listen, if they if they have to move up two or three picks to get Jefferson, okay. But this is the deepest wide receiver draft that anybody can remember. You can probably stick at 21 and get Denzel Mims, who is also going to make plays. You could go, there's a lot of talk about the Eagles going linebacker with the first pick in the draft. Um, and, and then going wide receiver in the second round, where maybe you get, I don't think he's going to last into where the Eagles would pick in the second round, but maybe KJ Hamler or somebody. You, But there are, there are wide receivers, there are playmaking wide receivers to be had out there, and the Eagles could move back deeper into the first round and take Hamler towards the end of the first round if they wanted to do that. There, that probably is out there as a possibility. Jalen Rager is another guy that they could get. You've heard Kist and Solak, and you've heard Kemsky and BLG talk about all the different options at wide receiver. You know that the Eagles have a lot of flexibility here at wide receiver. I would love it if they could move up and take one of the top three guys. I feel more sure of those top three guys than I do some of these other guys in the draft. But Justin Jefferson is going to be a good wide receiver in the the NFL. I think he's going to be a playmaking wide receiver in the NFL. They move up a pick or two to get Justin Jefferson. Depends what else they have to give up to get him. If they got to give up a third-round pick to move up a spot or two for Jefferson, I'm not doing that. I also don't want wide receiver T. Higgins, though, who did not time out well uh, in, in the uh, in the combine. Doesn't seem to have the speed that the Eagles need. He's more of a possession, you know, 50-50 ball type guy, like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside last year. Probably more talented than Ortega-Whiteside, but he's the player second most mocked to the Eagles, according to SB Nation, with 9.5% of the mock drafts having the Eagles taking wide receiver T. Higgins. I would not be enamored with that pick in the slightest. Give me Denzel Mims. Give me Jalen Rager instead of T. Higgins with the first pick in the with their first pick in the draft at number 21 overall, or having moved down a little bit. Another 9.5% of the mocks do predict that Howie Roseman will trade up, which is something he's done a lot in his tenure as general manager. Roseman normally trades up. He almost never trades back. But this is a unique draft, and if they are set on going wide receiver in the first round, I think it's more likely they trade back than it is that they trade up because of the depth here in the first round. You could have, there, there might be 10 wide receivers going, or at least there's at least 10 wide receivers with a first round grade in this draft. So you could move down and still get a playmaking wide receiver. Again, I love the top three guys. Doesn't seem like any of them are going to be there when the Eagles when the Eagles draft or that they'll be able to trade up for those guys. Justin Jefferson obviously is the name that we hear most regarding the Eagles. We'll see whether or not he's there at 21. I'm starting to feel like he's not going to be there at number 21, and they're going to have to move up a little bit. Um, or they move back and they get Mims or Rager. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of smoke out there about the Eagles being interested in Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims himself has said that the Eagles have been calling him four or five times a week. So maybe there's a lot of maybe there's a lot to that. Maybe there's something to the Denzel Mims rumors that are out there. We'll see what Howie Roseman does uh, coming up here in just a couple of weeks. So as we look at the draft again, coming up in just a couple of weeks, it is almost here, April 23rd and April 24th. It's going to be very interesting watching the draft early. I, I recommend Eagles fans really be paying attention with the, what Washington does and what New York does at number two and number four. We will of course have our eye on what Dallas does in the middle of the first round, uh, picking just a few spots in front of the Eagles. It would. Wouldn't it be a kick in the pants if Dallas jumps up and grabs a, a wide receiver that the Eagles would desperately want? What if Dallas gets Justin Jefferson? <laughs> they need a new slot receiver. That's not a crazy thought, given Jerry Jones. You know, I mean, he's been better at drafting at, do, at drafting smartly, not going after the flash player. But if Jeff, Justin Jefferson is sitting there. It's early. I think it's a little early for Justin Jefferson. Dallas probably doesn't do that. But you know, would it? Would it? Would you put it past Dallas? 
to stick it in the Eagles' side and go and get the guy that has been most mocked to the Eagles in the first round. Either way, it's going to be very interesting here coming up in just a couple of weeks. And we have another week of rumors, of mock drafts, of of trade rumors that, that are floating out there, of what all these teams in the NFC East could do as we get ready for uh, a very interesting 2020 season. And, of course, we're all hoping that we have a 2020 season. It uh, feels like we will, even if it's pushed back a little bit. There's day two and day three picks, and there's lots of mocks out there. Go to bleedinggreennation.com to check out some of the uh, the multi-round Eagles mock drafts that we have there. Uh, and you can visit our other friends, um, Blogging the Boys, Hogshaven, and um, Big Blue View, uh, to see what uh, what they have those teams doing in rounds two, two through seven. Uh, make sure to check out all those sites, but make sure... You are listening to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, the Kist and Solak show, BGN Radio, all the other great shows that we have there. And uh, checking out BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day for the latest news and rumors uh, with the Eagles in the NFL draft coming up here in just a couple weeks. That'll do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. I'm John Stolnes. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week right here on Eye on the Enemy. <laughs>